refined 90s cinema. Take two. We're also like in this generation right now too, like, well, we're not because we're older, but the, the current generation of like kids that are in grade school and high school are so like exposed to like the media and technology. It's like everyone's got a phone or a tablet and like, but like kids that are like three years old are already playing on tablets and stuff. And it's like, they learn so much shit that's like false information. And like, they learn to just believe whatever they read on the internet. And it, this is where you get into like so many people not believing what like doctors and scientists tell them about things like the vaccine and things like what's good for you. And it's like, these are professionals that have studied for 15 years on what they're talking about and there are people that just don't trust them because of what their neighbor on Facebook said you know and they then they believe that and everything like that and they have selective like selective concentration on different things that they want to read you but know? then the feedback loop of Facebook and Instagram and yeah and, and it's the, and social like but the yeah, absolutely it does I even see it with myself on Reddit like yeah. you start oh, yeah, going right, right down Specific subreddit. A subreddit, and you start to see the same things, and, and that becomes its own positive feedback loop, and you don't stop to see outside yourself. Well, it's the same thing as if, like, you, uh, you let's say you get in an argument with like your partner, and you're like, oh, fine, let's look it up online and see who's correct about this, and then the person that looks it up, how you how you search it in on the internet will come up with what you want it to tell you, and so what you've searched in the past. Too. Exactly, yeah. So it's like. There's exactly, it's exactly what it is. It's a confirmation bias. And it's like, you really, like, you really don't know if what you're reading on the internet is just biased towards whatever you've, like, I've searched things for many years on the internet. Now my phone listens to everything I say and knows what I want to hear and look at and see. And it's like, I talked about, um, uh, it's happened to me many times where I like suddenly started looking up things or like, I was talking to my dad about fucking hockey cards last week. Because he gave me his hockey cards and was like, here, I don't want this anymore. You can sell them because he knows I'm only into like collecting Pokemon cards and stuff. The next day I had ads for fucking hockey cards on my like eBay and my Instagram, my Facebook, everything. And I was like, I didn't even search this on my phone. It's just that I was talking about hockey cards and it appeared on my phone. I don't, and I've I've joked with Lex about this before where I'm like, all right, Lex, I'm going to do it. And, And I'll be like, hey, Lex. Can't wait to get a chainsaw. Go saw some trees. You know, just try and like psych my phone out to see if it'll like start giving me like power tools ads or something. But I just think it's like it, I think it's so smart that it's like you're not fucking sawing anything. <laughs> it just, it just, no, no. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I think it's like some sort of like dialect in your voice too when you're talking to people yeah. that like it picks up on certain things. Oh, like oh, they're gen- like it dials into the interest in your voice for things. It's like oh we can sell them this shit. And then all of a sudden there's like a million ads for it on your, like, that's so creepy to me when I talk about something like when Brendan and I started watching squid game the next day had not searched it on the internet at all. Just watched it on Netflix. It was all over all of my stuff. Squid game. It's funny. Cause I, I know people are like, but is it also better mind off where like, you're only seeing it because you're thinking about it. Well, well, so I, the I, front of your I, mind. I, I, I think it, that uh, twofold to that. I think that a little bit of both, because because I do like the hundred percent. There is uh, information mining and and making sure that we're tailoring that to you. Yeah, what, yeah. Not what you're saying, but how you're saying it, where mm-hmm. you're saying it, yeah, when you're yeah. saying it, how old you are. Mm-hmm. 
and and I feel uh like a like a a weird bad boot looking apologist because I because me I'm 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 thinking this is fantastic more more curated things for Dale you know yeah. well and I love it I love too that. sometimes because like yeah. I said it like gives me shit that I'm talking about like oh what are the prices of these cards that yeah. I can sell next week I started week? Like, trying to get away from Google yeah. So one of the things that I did oh, was God, stopping the tracking weird. on Google Maps and stopped using Google Maps. Okay. One of the things I loved about Google Maps was whenever you'd go somewhere and be like, try this restaurant. Maybe you want to stop here. This is open for this. Want a coffee? It's here. And I loved that. And I loved being able to see the reviews right in the app. And like when I'm driving somewhere, hey, I want a coffee. It doesn't just take me to the nearest Tim Hortons, it tells me about different coffee shops. And so the, the thing that scares me, uh, and I remember getting so mad, it was probably a year ago. I, every, every morning, I, you know, rituals, routines we were talking about earlier. Uh, my daily routine, I always log into my email, check my emails, uh, and just kind of knock off, make sure everything's read, even the, the ads or whatever. And one morning, I I just couldn't log in, and, it was, and I was like making sure I'm like in the name, like no, that's my name. Why wouldn't you recognize? This? I've been, I've been with you, Google, for <laughs> tens of years. Come on, what is this? And I'd be like, I don't know who you are, and, I'm, and and it was scary. And I was thinking, and I started I like having, like started having a panic attack. I, I started thinking about, like I, I'm an idiot. Like uh, there are old school traditionalists who. With passwords, they write them down in a password book. For me, I'm a, I'm a dummy, and I email all my passwords to a password thread. So if I'm ever trying to go onto a website and they say, "What's your password?" and I go in my Gmail and I say, "Okay, I got this password thread. It's all here." Uh, this whole Google scare had me looking into how to avoid this ever happening again. And there's this whole thing called uh, de-Google. De-Googleify. Yes. So I have a password manager. Yeah. These are all of the accounts. Okay. That's smart. I actually have this password manager on my computer because Brendan showed it to me. What's this called? Both of my computers. And it's called KeePass. This podcast. It's open source. So it's free. And basically, like, I have... Folders. Yeah. One, I have one for work with all my work passwords, yeah, yeah. and it oh my like. God, what are you a computer? But I don't need to remember the password. I, I know you don't, but it's just interesting. Boy, huh? It, I, if if I had to describe to your viewers what that password looked like to me, it looked like a computer like shadow. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it looked like Wingdings. Like Wingdings. <laughs> <laughs> like wing Brennan's got some good passwords. His password game is strong. So I'll give you another example. <laughs> Windings. <laughs> <laughs> need vaccine proof. I can add the PDF into the password manager. Okay. And then it syncs to my laptop and my phone, and boom! Whenever I need to pull it up, it's there. It's secure. It's encrypted with a password only I know. Well, and it's what's great about it too is it's not like you have a list of passwords that's like just on your phone. Someone could open it and be like, "I remember. But I remember that even, now." Someone yeah. could have a gun to my head. And I couldn't tell them the password. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah, yeah. I have the password. I don't need to know the password. Um, but someone but could someone also look at your password and go, how do I even type this? 
Because only yeah. your computer knows how to right. put it in. Do you have the font wingdings? Wingdings and Garamond. So, so then, are you familiar with like? Because uh, the thing that shocked me was, it's it's not just a password. Like when I looked up Even uh, usernames. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How to de-Googleify your life? Your, your life is rooted in so much Google. I still have it, a Gmail account. It's it, yeah, and it's not it's the Gmail. It's it. There were so many things that I was like, I I couldn't even. It was so overwhelming that I couldn't even decide. And somebody, uh, God bless the people who put together. They put together a very comprehensive list of alternatives. Like it was like you know like oh if you want to use Photoshop but you're looking for a free go GIMP. It was a lot of those. Like yeah. if you're yeah. if you're looking for free email with storage, go this. And it was oh, there you go. Guide to, li- to there's leaving a lot of, Google. But there's a lot of people like Google Drive. How many times have you tried to share an email attachment and yeah. you don't think twice yeah. about it? It goes yeah. through Google Drive. Yeah. You have to literally, if you want to replace what Google Drive does, you're setting up your own server, passing through a VPN. It's it's a lot of work. Well, I'm, it's I feel like I'm going that way, but it's a, a lot more work than you think yeah. well the thing about it too uh, that is was like, my, that was my takeaway was that yes this is more than i expected but like if you guys haven't seen and and this show got canceled like back in 2014 or something like that so it's it's the first three seasons of it are awesome but then it got canceled after that and i it, it was because of that writer strike that happened back then remember like the seventh season of lost or whatever like there was that that point where like the writer's strike happened and a lot of tv shows kind of got screwed over because they were good the writing was awesome. Like the acting was good. But then they tried to like keep. Yeah, but like there wasn't, there just wasn't the money there because of the strike. So the show is called Revolution, and it was a show where the whole premise in the show was, what if all technology and anything electrical suddenly just was not working anymore in the world? Like right. it's all gone, out of nowhere. Like what would happen? And this show takes place like ten years after that apocalypse event happened basically so it's such an interesting show to watch though because they're like back to the point where they're like using swords and riding horses and like (laughs) like, walking from place to place and like things are overgrown and it was just i remember watching it and it was like a super cool interesting experience and it this is what makes me think of it because what if that were to happen to us and then all the people who are like so super dependent on like the internet and google and stuff like that would freaking they wouldn't know what to do I, I, I'm a little bit of a digital hoarder. I like to save things. Yeah, and there are groups of people who save YouTube channels and videos and catalog them. And some of my favorite YouTubers, I save all their videos because YouTube could take them down one day. They could take down their videos. Anyway, go ahead. No, no. Just, I know that I want that. And if ever the internet goes down, I want to have those videos. Well, if you look at um, a channel, uh, oh God, uh, you know, Lex and I would talk about the things we do together. We we used to love watching uh, Jenna Marbles' channel and uh, her and her boyfriend, Julian. Oh, they're so fan, so fun to watch. And uh, they got caught up in a lot of, um, well, they are, but there was like a lot of, I guess what I would call like uh, retroactive controversy where they people were going back and looking at her old like early videos and kind of being like, this is insensitive. What are you doing? Oh, cancel Jenna Marbles. And she's such a very emotional feeling person who is only trying to put out 
she made those videos because she wanted to make people laugh. Yeah. She wasn't trying to offend people. So she's only trying to put out, like, you know, positive vibes. And, and these people are coming back like every other channel. You know, she would do a review for um, a, a dog carrier and, and saying like, okay, we're going to try out like a car seat for our dogs. And then somebody would, you know, light up the keyboard saying, how could you do that to those dogs? That's going to destroy their spine with you sitting like that. This is animal cruelty and abuse. And like, you know, she'd start crying and she'd be like, Julian, like, I, did, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to hurt my dogs. Why do people think that? She fucking stopped making videos. Not only that, she took down videos. She, so not only the idea, you know, you're talking about like, oh, I want to save these for myself in case YouTube takes them down, let alone the, the creator themselves take it down. Uh, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. The General Marbles. There's she this, took down videos. Like, there's this like toxic internet culture in the last like, and it's arisen in like the last 10 years where like people go online literally just prowling for shit to like bitch at and like find things wrong with it. And that is the biggest problem about it because then you have these people who are genuinely like just good people trying to make people laugh and like make yeah. content for people to enjoy. And then they get shit on and it makes them feel like crap. And then what they previously enjoyed becomes something that just like haunts them. And then they have to stop doing what they're enjoying doing. It's like, it's just not a good time. And like, I've experienced it a few times with streaming too. Every once in a while I'll get on streaming and like, you get those random people that jump in your stream on Twitch when you're like a, a like a lower caliber streamer. I have like maybe 10 to 12 viewers sometimes when I'm streaming games. And like they'll be the one person that jumps in and just starts like saying all kinds of bullshit about like what you're doing and what you're playing and like how how crappy your stream is. And it's like really hard to tune that out mentally as a, as someone who's like a content creator and makes that kind of stuff. So like I completely understand how she would have felt take out videos and like stop doing what she was doing because it just makes you not love it anymore when people talk about it like that even if it's just one comment that haunts you it's enough for some people to well that's like um you know uh, alex and i were creative types and brendan too like to a degree like we're all creative in different ways and uh you know you put yourself out there when you post something to the internet uh you know sharing your poster even like you both worked hard on that and like for me, uh, I, I liked uh, sharing uh, my art on Reddit because uh, I, I just like making people happy. You know, if somebody, uh, my big thing is uh, fighting games, and I like going on the fighting game Reddit. And what would, and, and you know, you, you want, I just want somebody to get excited about like, oh, yo, King of Fighters, I love that game, and yeah, yeah and, and you post something, and, and like you said, it's, and I remember a, a friend of ours, I won't say who, for uh, being anonymous or whatever, but she used to tell me, um, you know, uh. 60 people will or 59 people will say something nice to me and all it'll take is one person to say something bad and it drowns out everything it's just that it's just that one bad thing that somebody said and it, it, it's so hard to tune that out it's so hard to not like fixate on it and and find that there's more value or truth in what they're saying versus what the other 59 are saying like i totally i totally understand that well and like when we were younger too like one of my my best friends that I have in my life today is someone that I've known for about 15 years and like I've never met them in person like they're someone that I met online from just gaming like and that's because I came from like our generation in general came from a time when like the internet was still very young and you would be online playing like an online game for the first time and you would interact with someone and all of a sudden you're like 
you you're like this person's really cool like this is a really exciting thing like i've met someone that i really like mesh well with and like we can be friends and then all of a sudden now 15 years later i have this amazing friendship with this person because of all that happening the problem with that is that that excitement turned into oh we can get more than just positive positivity and excitement from the internet we can like quench that need to like be the dominant person or be on top or be right and that's why people comment on videos and comment on things and oh they, yeah they make people feel less than them because that's the only way that they can get that gratification that kind of value yeah or get yeah, that, value. that value and to them that's that value, value but it's 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 harming people and it's not really that to them they don't have the perspective to see that it's just oh this is good for me but they don't realize like the the actual harm that they're doing like the the extent to which they're hurting people you mentioned that about uh Oh, uh, people digging and looking for something negative. Uh, I think my buddy he he put it best. Where we're, we're trying we're trying to self correct, but we're just not there yet. And I kind of feel like that really sums up kind of kind of where we're at. I, I I like that we're pushing forward in a progressive, trying to uh, be better, and, and we're trying to find the right way. And I just I I would agree that we're not there yet, and we're still kind of hitting like bumps trying to figure it out especially with a lot of like you said like trying to find like, oh you know that one time it's like, oh okay but who are they now and did they learn from that and, and was that was, more socially acceptable at the, at the time yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it, yeah. it's a double-edged sword right because the internet makes it a lot easier to band together <clears throat> and be like a group and like you know there's strength in numbers except that also works on the flip side where there's strength in numbers in the negative side of things too, where there's a bunch of people that'll agree with whatever the negative point is, and then they'll gang up on someone. And it's, it's just, people just love to get, yeah, people, everyone needs something to bitch about. Yeah. Something I love to say very frequently. Cause it's so true. You know, even myself, I bitch about stuff all the time. I just, I'm the kind of person that would never do it on the internet. Yeah. yeah. You know, because that's not something that I feel like I don't want to hurt people with my stupid bitching about things i'd rather just do it on a podcast where like three people listen to me talking well well since we're here you guys got airplane you got, food you got, anything, you got anything spicy what's that jerry what is up with that <laughs> uh, animal panties what animal panties <laughs> edible you're panties helping, you're not helping the anime cause <laughs> <laughs> i will say in that time I got reincarnated by a slime, there's an episode where they do butt sumo, and I fucking died. I was laughing so hard. What is yeah. that? So, well, I imagine what it sounds like. like. The, the premise is that like this character, Rimuru, um, gets reincarnated as a slime, and he like starts running a village, and he does all this stuff. Like He's in a video game, basically, and he starts like leveling up, and he like gets like a, an army of his own, and he runs his own town. And eventually, he's like, all these people do is work all the time. So we need to give them something fun to do. So he introduced them to sumo wrestling because that was like a thing, a big thing over there in like Japan or like in Asia for a long time. And then he introduces to the, them to a special version of sumo wrestling called butt sumo. And then it just is a whole episode about that. It's like a filler episode. But when it started happening, I was just dying laughing and I was like, oh, good Lord. Absolute lowbrow humor. Have you ever heard of Konosuba? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's immediately where my brain went. And I remember, like, again, just, like, I won't, I won't turn my nose up to it. And I, I was looking up uh, what's the funniest, I, again, Reddit, oh, oh. and somebody recommended this absolute 
trash pile of batteries. <laughs> like, yeah, and, 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 but it is, it is like I can't help but laugh at some of the dumb shit. But there's such a funny episode where he finally gets like this custom like sword. It, did you see that episode? No, I didn't ever actually watch it. I oh just my heard God. of it. He's trying to be like so cool, and he's like, like he, tur- he like turns around to like leave. <laughs> he like knocks over this fucking like a suit of armor, and it just like comes crashing down and like hits it off the door. But ju- just the presentation of it was just really stupid and funny. But it's definitely one of those um, like butt sumo poopy. But that, but that's. Okay. I just love when there's but- a show that's like really like really good writing really serious show a lot of the time and then all of a sudden there's one episode where it's just fucking nonsense just funny how it can interrupt the whole flow of the show but it's like a good way we're, we're gonna find that show for we will brad, brad dead brad dead i i swear there there's there's an anime out there and for you me. I, you won't have to look far you could probably throw a stone and find it. maybe not so i need like a crunchy roll no, I, no I, well i think we need to find out to, like, like watch every we need day. to find um like uh, what shows you enjoy for like outside of anime because if you're somebody who likes uh star trek for example i, do like star trek, for I example. might say legend of the galactic heroes is an anime for you it doesn't matter that helps point me in the direction that all right uh maybe a crew oriented show uh dealing with uh diplomacy and that type of stuff. okay okay maybe legend of the galactic heroes is a show for you um and, oh, or uh Space Battleship Yamato twenty one ninety nine. Yeah, I can yeah. see you being into that. Is that a new yeah. car from Mazda or something? It's a remake of an old anime from the seventies. Yeah, and I actually haven't seen the remake. I've just seen the original one. Is remake anime is really anime is animated, correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, like the like, thing that's funny about anime funny about for me is like, that where does that style of art? That's interesting. That yeah, like a- anime is like. It is animated, like it is but animated, it's like but half animated a lot of like the time. My my under like if I think about it traditionally, I think of just straight up Japanese animation. I don't know at the etymology behind anime, but itself, like that's but, like it, it's rooted in that visual style. But well, it's le- it's not even just a visual style. It's more that if there this came out of a studio in Japan, like oddly enough, like there's a weird thing. There's a weird element of it coming specifically out of Japan. Like uh, there are a lot of um, Western studios that try to emulate what Japan does. Teen Titans and is they- actually one of those. Yeah. It's not. It's yeah. it's called it's American called anime yeah. in some yeah. cultures. Like people will call it that because that's it was made in the Western. Or just animation. Yeah. You know, uh, you look at um, like Castlevania or any of those shows that they're doing. They're they're borderline kind of anime like style, but it's it's less so about style. And it, it, to me, I guess like I I could be way off here, but when I think of anime, I think specifically Japanese anime. Even Attack on Titan is very like westernized in a lot of ways, like the yeah. style of it. Anyway, there there are so many styles that uh, it, it well it all comes from like manga, and so you know like uh, and and they are very good at translating the art from manga to the animation so it's actually funny um there's a there's this thing called a light novel i believe is what it's called and it's like a it's like a original script or depiction of what the story is and what an anime would be and some animes some like anime slime anime. for example um yeah. were depicted from the light novel and then that is, that anime is turned into the manga later 
So like oh, some anime is actually anime. based on mangas. They're based on a they novel were, first. Uh, the other yeah. way. So like that was interesting for me when I got the light novels for Slime when I started researching them and found out that that was actually the first rendition of the characters in the story and then the anime and then the manga. So the manga is actually the most complete version of the story in that case. Oh God. It, yeah. It, it, there's no rhyme or reason. Like you look at something like, I think it's a one punch man where originally it was a web series and then the web series got readopted into a manga. So a uh, manga is like a comic book in Japan. So uh, originally it was a web comic uh, and somebody said, man, this is great. I think we can make it better. Let's retell this exact same story, but do a professional comic with like the best artist that there is right now. They republish it into a manga and then that gains more traction. And then they determine this needs to be a cartoon. And then that gets adopted into an anime. So in that show alone, there are three levels of um, uh, web. And and to this day, I believe they still produce it that way, where the creator who makes One Punch Man goes, you know, he does his lesser art, I guess, online. That gets adopted into better art, into a manga, and then that gets adopted into... And the, uh, like, there's no distinct style. I think it's more just... Long story short, there's about 15 bajillion thousand animes to choose from so eventually if you try enough of them you'll find one that you get hooked on and you love that's that's why i say like my theory like with with metallica there is a broad range of metallica songs and different styles and uh they have a lot of they're very talented musicians that have a, a broad range of an understanding of music that if you don't like if you've listened to all of metallica's catalog and you come back and say i don't like single bit of it i just think that you have bad taste. <laughs> and, and but maybe i'm maybe i'm off but take that and compound that by like like alex is saying like literally a billion because for every metallica song there's probably 12 million anime shows and i'm not even kidding it's impossible to keep up with the production of how many shows they put out like i could i could go on the internet and say oh is there an anime about ice skating oh yes Yuri on Ice. There's an anime about ice skating. Well, the thing about you it too is that anime artists. The reason there's so many of them is that, like anime art and animation in those shows, is like the definition of work smarter, not harder. So like they pump those those episodes, those shows out. Like a good example is an episode of like one of the shows I work on. For example, is five weeks is our production time for one episode as far as animation goes. You got your five minute recap in the first episode, uh, first start of the show. You got the two minute intro and then you go into the actual show, which is 12 minutes. And then you got the preview for next (laughs) week, which is two minutes. And then you got the credits, which is three minutes. And boom, you're good to go. South Park in seven days from conception to TV. Yeah. So like, have you seen that documentary? South Park is like an anomaly because a lot of shows take a lot longer as far as like animation and production goes. In in Japan, they can pump out an episode from start to finish the entire production in a month of an anime. So it's it's, a whole season. No, a whole episode. But for me, just doing the episode in the animation phase takes like a month and a week. So like that's just to give you put into perspective how quickly these shows are turned around as far as anime goes if you go on funimation you can find probably five times as much material that's animated as there is on netflix i think they outsource i think the big part of that is they outsource a lot of their work so like uh they'll have their their keyframes just uh bing bang boom good to go and that gets pushed off to you know studio b and 
they'll do the in-betweens and that gets off the so-and-so for whatever whatever and and it's just this assembly line of pumping stuff out and they're very efficient at it, it almost in the way that south park is in a smaller scale and i think that's one of the reasons uh in that documentary uh parker and stone were talking well, about everybody's how they were in the same office yes. everybody knows their role as soon as they get an idea conceptually the artists start storyboarding they're, they're it, already going. and then they're animating and yeah. then they're choosing their characters and they're recording the voices like yeah. after they a few days later after they finish the script and they have it yeah. Well, and yeah, to put it all together to too all for South Park, I want I did watch it might have been the same documentary you were talking about with Matt Stone and Trey Parker, but like Seven they, Days to Air. Yeah, they talked about like just how quickly they can put together like the animation in South Park because of the way that they do it, especially now that it's computerized. Like it just it's so snappy, like it's so quick. Well, it was a big part of the reason why they were able to stay relevant too. It was because something would happen on Thursday and they'd be like, Oh, the next in. week it's yes. already on tv it's great yeah like modern issues it's it's like it's like uh this hour has 22 minutes but it's a, like an animated tv show <laughs> you know it's basically the idea behind it we'll, we'll get there uh, um i'm gonna start adjusting things to you maybe we can watch an episode together i'd be open to that yeah I, so i'm trying to think like it my my favorite anime somebody asked me recently they so uh, at our, our discord work we change our display pictures to like uh, the last time we had favorite Pokemon, and this time around, somebody said your favorite character from a show of anime. And I didn't think too hard on it; I just picked somebody on the spot. So I picked uh, a character from Mobile Suit Gundam the Eight. Mobile Suit. It's it's Gundam, but it's 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 like Vietnam Gundam. They're they're not in space. They're down on the ground, and it's very slow, methodical, like. It, it's top tier for me like like i'd probably recommend that to people who have patience for it maybe like attack on titan i think is a really good one any of the studio uh ghibli ghibli however you say it anime. like that's that's like that's, i think that's just like animated feature at that point yeah with the that, amount that, I've, of style i've, I've listened and... to that argument because they do like full 24 frame animation don't they yeah i'm pretty sure like they, they are they like they do 24 frames per second animation and they do like every frame is a new drawing that's what i mean I, I, like it's not like, like animated on twos like i'm pretty sure it's like frame to frame yeah i think i could be wrong it uh, some of it is animated on twos but like it's very right. fluid animation at yeah. studio ghibli and like it's basically like animated feature yeah. at that point like some of it is actually more crisp than like a disney movie yeah. is some people argue that it's just anime, but it's, I don't know. It's kind of a weird toss up for me because I'll watch some of it and be like, no, no, no. Totoro is maybe the closest to anime that they have. I haven't even seen all of the Ghibli movies either. Yeah, though, me too. So. I, I, there's so many I have to, I, I have a backup. Okay. So in the spirit of like being a refined 90s cinema, we should ask Dale what his, uh, like his favorite TV show and his oh, favorite man. movie from the 90s are oh, off the top of his head. God. From the 90s. That's, so movie or TV show or both? I mean, like, what are some of your favorite like film Brendan, moments did, from the nineties? Started it wasn't the nineties. No, it was like two thousand four. Okay, 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 okay. Um, uh, okay, off the top of my head, I, I always nostalgia and scripted refined ninety cinema I, refined. I always struggle to um, determine what my what my favorite TV show is. Uh, I, I'm always bouncing around like oh, corner gas. This is it. This. I will say a uh, top tier uh, 90s King of the Hill, which late 90s. Okay. Uh, okay. Just on the cusp there. 
I think they just make it. And, and and to be fair to Mike Judge, like it's totally of the era of Beavis and Butthead, which is totally in that realm of Oh yeah. Which if you predate ninety seven. Yes, yes, ninety seven. And if you look up Beavis and Butthead, which yeah. Mike Judge also. I think that was eighties though, Beavis and Butthead, right? No, I think they might have been early nineties, like ninety two, ninety three. I remember watching Beavis and Butthead do America when I was like eight years old. I never ninety three. Okay, yep. So, so, uh, Beavis and Butthead predate King of the Hill, but similar humor characters, you know, creator Mike Judge, similar style too. Yeah, well, yeah, it's the same Silicon Valley. Uh, I, I did, yeah, oh, I a little bit it. of it. Yeah, I loved it. I thought, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. So, I guess when I'm thinking '90s, um, King of the Hill definitely stands out, and it's something that definitely gets better with age, in my opinion, especially mm. with like you know the parody of that of culture that we live in. I really should go back and watch it again because it's just. It, I, I thought it was funny back then. I only ever watched it on TV. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I've seen every episode, and I definitely never watched it in order. I was like you, where I just watched it on TV when it was on. So I'm definitely also a big Seinfeld stan. Uh, uh, in the can, and this is interesting. Okay, so in my generation, there is a, a cultural divide. That it, I feel like it's rarely ever people like both. But there's always a you either like Friends or you like Seinfeld. It's never both. It's, Seinfeld was first, though. Well, it's it's not about what was first. It's a matter of taste. If okay. I if I'm if I say to somebody, do you like Seinfeld? And they're like, I never get into it. They're, that person usually they like Friends. Now I feel like it's maybe it's even people younger than us. It's Friends at or least, The Office. At least from my generation, that that's a big part of it. Because I would say I like Seinfeld. I'm a big Seinfeld person. Everyone around me loves Friends, so I'll watch it. But I would never choose to watch. Exactly. I I find I find Friends funny. I watch it and I laugh at it. Yep, yep. But but it's also like the kind of humor where I think, oh yeah, you're that type of person. Like you you don't laugh at the things I laugh at. Like 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 me and Brendan. Like when me and Brendan are going off and we're laughing about stuff, I'm like, this is this is pure Seinfeld. You know what's funny though is like I've never actually seen a lot of Seinfeld, but I am like a, a big Friends fan. Like yeah. Friends was one of my favorite sitcoms, but I've actually never like seen enough of Seinfeld to be like, oh, I I never got into it because I never really tried to watch it. To be honest, maybe I should because I do have a similar sense of humor to you and Brendan, and maybe oh, I sure. would like both. Like I don't know. You might be the anom- the rare few. I, like maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, I do like The Office as well. I I think the difference with me is that like I'm pretty extensively trained in like like film and having perspective for film now so when i watch tv series it could be something that necessarily is necessarily the same or not as great as something else in mm. my opinion but i can appreciate it for what it is so for it's sure. like and different senses of humor kind of like hit me differently now too and like i find as i get older i can watch more stuff than what i was able to like stomach when i was younger it's a little bit I, of a different appreciation yeah i think that's what it is too like yeah. especially in movies i'll watch some pretty out there stuff sometimes and i'm like yeah it's pretty cool yeah, it's interesting. As far as uh, man, like you talk about, like, and I've seen some of the stuff that you've looked at in the like in the like you could literally just every year pull up a list of movies. Like you talk about the Good Son, and I'm like, fuck, like me and my cousin, I remember renting, <laughs> I remember renting the Good Son, and and it was just like I'm alone, kid, man. Like, like, what is he doing? He's like a little fucking bastard, and me and my cousin were like, oh shit, let's put this on, like just being a couple of teenagers and like just like on the edge of our seat like my god this is so but even as adults like we were too young to have seen it when it oh we were fucked up watching that movie and and it was like what happened man 
like I, I think about that. I think about like uh, what was it called? Fear with um, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, that like there are so many '90s had this uh, era of like uh, you know we joke and we say if you look at WWF WWE uh, that was the Attitude Era. I think about movies in a very strange way that they're either they either fall into the camp of haha we're fun wacky family movies or we're the attitude movies of fucked up and and they're they're kind of in that block like alternative rock yes, yes like if you've ever seen uh, I don't know if you've watched Fear yet with Mark Wahlberg is that from the nineties look it up I'm, I'm fairly certain that's in ninety seven I think nineties was like the era of experimental like. TV yep. and movies. Boom. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, Maybe that'll uh, have to be a podcast. I, I really recommend this one because I watched that when I was too young. Let me tell you what. Yes, sir. That's the one. This was 96. Mark Wahlberg. Holy, Holy fuck. This, oh my God. Okay. Have you seen The Lost Boys? I've seen The Lost Boys. Okay. So Lost Boys was 80s, but like this was like the 90s, like Lost Boys. I keep saying this. This is, this is very much a 90s. This is fucked up. I definitely watched this too young. Um, very attitude edgy era nineties. With you, yeah, uh, you, you know, you look at uh, again, uh, uh, and so this like is a psychological thriller. Ah, uh, like uh, it, it's it's almost it's not even a psychological thriller. It's almost the the shocking thing about it was that there there are very much people like this that exist that I could see this happening. I don't even have to think very far that this could happen. And that's so it's like yeah. a little bit removed from reality. Not even like a black, mirror not even that far removed. No. Okay. I, Brendan, I could probably go online and, and not even, or just hear about it from Alex that, Oh, did you hear so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so did this? And I'd be like, Oh man, that's like the fear movie. Like it, it's, it's, it, that's what was the most unsettling about that movie. It's, it's very fucked up. I don't, I, I, and again, the weird thing about these nineties movies is I, I don't pay attention to it. Like who the fuck directed fear? What, what did they make beyond that? Like, uh look at something like michael mann's movie uh heat when did that come out i'm gonna say heat 90 james, james Ford. Ford. what what's the, what did he the do director of oh 50 shades, 50 shades of gray. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> he directed glenn gary wow Glenn-Moss. good for you james See, this is what happens a lot on our podcast though is we'll be watching a movie and we'll be like, who directed that? Damn. It's like someone that did a ton he, of shit. He did not direct the first Fifty Shades movie. He directed the two sequels. I think he's the man for the job then. Thinking about fucking what, what a mess fear was. Can you just look up Pete? I just want to see. I think that's a nice movie. I'm going to say 1995. 1995. Okay, yes. Uh, all right. So you're going to ask me what my favorite 90s movie is. I would say that this is a good contender. This is Michael Mann. Okay. okay. And again, this fits into the that era of edgy as fuck it's attitude De Niro in it. Look at oh that. dude this is al pacino and de niro val the first Kilmer? time the first time ever if i if i am correct val kilmer oh my god i val kilmer de niro and al pacino please please make your next one heat i i just have you seen the negotiator negotiator I 1997 i think <laughs> the, like i'm getting goosebumps looking at this because again this is part of movies that uh i'm of an age where oh, i probably shouldn't have watched it's Samuel Jackson. Yeah, and uh, I know he's not great now, but um, uh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, but the boy toucher. Uh, not look it bad, but I can't help deny that he's a great actor. But I um, really liked House of Cards. Well, I, I, and and then my final <laughs> f- to to wrap up my thesis not here. 
to wrap up my uh, thesis of edgy 90s movies, um, I'm going to ask you two more. Have you seen Seven? Have you seen Training? I've seen Seven. Brendan, have you seen either of those? No. Get out of town. Get right out of town. Run to the side. <laughs> oh, I feel like I have seen Seven. Okay. Oh, so uh, what I was going to say, so this is what makes this interesting is we have a, uh, a younger guy who started working with us who is probably in his early 20s. Training day is 2021. Oh, okay. Just just missed the cut, but I I would say even though that this is twenty two thousand and one, ask any of your nineties viewers if they think this is a nineties movie. A hundred thousand percent. It may have very well been filmed in the nineties and released production. Uh, Training Day was like I don't remember it very closely because oh I haven't god. seen it for years. But Training like Training Day, oh my god. So yeah, uh, we have a kid who started working with us, and he's like early twenties. And it never even occurred to me, my friend uh, Manny, who was my age, he was asking him, he was talking to him about old 90s movies, and he was like, oh, I've never seen that, never seen that. So we've actually been trying to like put together a list of like must-see 90s movies, and those are some of the ones I named. So, oh man, I looked up a list of like the top 100 movies that you need to see before you die, and I'm getting close to the point where I've seen like 90%. Of oh, oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing that with uh, horror. Like, there's a, I've looked up like lists, it's like top horror of the last 15 years. That you might not have heard about i'm trying to like work my way like this might surprise you actually okay i'm excited to talk about this the thing hey my man <laughs> that's my favorite movie Is it? it's not even my favorite horror movie that's my favorite movie <laughs> that's amazing i was i was about to pile drive somebody on reddit because somebody made a reddit post today that was saying what is a hot take you have about horror movies that would start a a, a bar fight and someone said they said i don't think the thing is John Carpenter's best movie, and I think it's overhyped. What the fuck? I was getting real mad, and I was like... Brendan, have you seen The Thing? No. (gasps) Brendan. It's way off your 90s. It's 1982. It's a remake. Oh my god, it's so good, though. So so here's the thing. I would listen to an argument of somebody saying that there is a better Carpenter movie 100%. I think The Escape from uh, New York, uh, In the Mouth of Madness, Halloween, man, man's has got a fucking catalog of fantastic movies. I would not argue that. But for somebody to say it's overrated, that's hard for me to swallow because uh, I think it is such a fantastic movie. It's such a like uh, a lot of people say in, in, on your list of 100 movies, I'll bet you 12 men's in the top 10. Probably. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. 12, 12 men is the thing. And the thing is 12 men with a sci fi okay, spin so on it. I have a fun fact about the thing, actually, though. So I, as you know, I worked on Inspector Gadget like yeah. back in the day. So we did a Christmas shoot episode. You told me about we did a Christmas episode. It was inspired point. by the thing. Yeah, yeah. and there's yeah. like there's actually a scene on my demo reel of like the the dude infected oh, by like really. the, the by like the Christmas thing. Yeah, like yeah, we actually got to like animate like very the thing like stuff happening in like a gadget episode. Yeah. And I, when when I found out we got to do it, and my team was on that episode, sorry, uh, twelve Angry Men. Sorry. When I found out my team was on that episode, I was like, no way! I got so excited. I was over the moon about it. It was probably the coolest thing I've ever worked on, in my opinion, anyway. I, I think that's really... And actually, uh, what I was going to talk to you at the... That looks like a remake. You think you've gone too close to 97. Look for, like, was it 60s? 57? That's the one you want right there. Oh, angry man. Brendan, this is pure cinema. I And I don't mean to smell like... Uh, uh, sound like a fart smeller. Okay. But, but in, in terms of pure cinema and writing and story uh and performance this is this is such a performance film it, it's so 
It's so good. It, it, I'm, I'm, some, of, some of my movies that I enjoy, look up Once Upon a Time in the West. Punch that into... So no, no, no. Go, go into the top bar. Go Once Upon a Time in the West. And then type in Runtime. 2.57. So it's like, what, three-hour movie? Yep. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, if you can't sit through this movie, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time being, having, having words with you. I, I just think, like, I, when you... Uh, when you're watching a movie, there, there, there's so much. Like you have to be critical, but you also have to have an open mind. I was trying to explain this to somebody who, God, again, I'm gonna sound like such a fart smeller here, but uh, somebody, somebody kept asking. They're saying like, should I watch The Lighthouse? Should I watch The Lighthouse? And and I know the type of person they are. Is that the Keanu Reeves movie? No, The Lighthouse with Robert Pattinson, William Dafoe. Oh, okay. It's a movie about two guys trapped in a lighthouse. It's the best I can say about it. And I, I know this type, this movies that they like. And I, I told them, I said, no, do not watch this movie. Don't. You're not going to like it. I know how you are. If a bomb doesn't go off in five minutes, you're not going to like it. <laughs> Don't watch it. And that made it more appealing to him. And he watched it and he got mad at me. And I'm like, why are you getting mad at me? I told you <laughs> not like, to watch it. Uh, what's the movie with, I think it's Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Giamatti and the whole movie is him in a limo? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Um, what about the one where Daniel Radcliffe is a corpse? What is that movie called? Oh, have you not seen the one where Daniel Radcliffe is a corpse? Oh, oh no. Uh, my mom told me about it. I haven't watched it yet. I know which oh one you're talking God, about. Oh, my God. It was so fun. I heard it's actually very, very good. <laughs> it's very good. So the, the thing about uh, a movie like The Lighthouse is, or any of these movies, like even if you're going back and you're watching a movie, you know, uh, you're talking about watching The Cube, like and the cube like i told you like it was it was interesting but it was just not that movie in particular for some reason didn't mesh very well with me but other movies like you're talking about like like even rear window like it's very similar to some of these other movies where like you need a really high attention span you got to pay attention you got to appreciate it for what it is you got to like step outside of your like you know your attitude for a second and just watch it for what it is as like a critic you know um but I couldn't do it for some reason with Cube very well. I I think the way maybe maybe this best sums it up. The way I approach movies like this is I I look at it and you have to look at this movie and say, uh, you know, you almost think about a sports player. You say, what is the strength of this player? The we're talking uh, we look at baseball like oh they're fast at stealing bases or oh they're they're great at like uh, a cleanup hitter or mm-hmm. you know they're they're a great closer pitcher. I think if you approach movies in that sense where you say, okay, I'm watching this movie called The Lighthouse. This is absolutely batshitting insane. And then I try to think about, like, why is why is this like this? Like, what is this director trying to tell me? And what are the strengths of this movie? The strengths of this movie very much, 100%, is the performance. You think about a theatrical performance outside of, you know, trying to comprehend the story. Uh probably the best that Willem, I've ever seen Willem Dafoe or Robert Pattinson act. And, and, and I'm sure that they have other films that they're, uh, I haven't seen them maybe, um, but their performance in this film is unlike anything I've ever seen. And then you add in after the fact that, okay, like this is such a performance piece. And then, okay, yes, this film is maybe very high concept in like what they're trying to say or what they're trying to tell, but I can appreciate that. Whereas somebody like my friend who I won't name, will watch this and say, oh, there's a lot of yelling and it's really confusing. And, and they just don't understand it. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of have to look at what are the strengths of this film. And, and I, I feel like that's kind of like 
I, I, I don't know. It, I'd I be think curious I'd to be interested in this. I, I'd be curious to see what you think of it. It's it's absolutely batshit insane. But the the thing I, I love about these movies is that, uh, especially when they're very divisive, I think that that is very interesting and in, in telling that this is interesting regardless of 50% people don't agree or they agree. Because, because it, it's creating this divide, this rift that people are like, so so passionate about it that they're like no 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 this is a good movie or no that's shatter like I, I think that plays a role in it too i don't know I, th- I think we're in this point right now with movies where like there's like the artsy movies that come out now or like this, the, this is very much in- well and that's well, what i mean movies like this there's and then also there's- anyone can grab a camera and make a movie which is to me that's this democratization that has never existed before oh, oh sure like, like kevin smith talked like, but but like we for have better, a couple cameras we could we could figure it out and make something feature length if we really wanted to yeah and it, it wouldn't be that be expensive any, either for us honestly it like would cost us a thousand dollars in equipment there was a there was an entire film that was filmed on an right, iphone right. just to just for the sake of doing it yeah. it doesn't mean it's necessarily any good although it's subjective but yeah I also, I, 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 again, I think it comes down to like your approach. Like, how do you approach it? Like, are you just looking for something that if you just sit here and you're saying, oh, entertain, or, or are you saying like, like again, right. like, like, I, I, I don't know if it's a silver like, linings like, thing. Like I listen to certain types of music based on how I'm feeling. And again, well, a perfect example. So like I, uh, we, we like tool, I would say. I know, I know you're very much in the punk scene, but I don't know if you're familiar with like progressive uh, music, like uh, progressive, uh, progressive rock. Yes, 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 yes. And these motherfuckers have very much uh, what I would consider the, the, the artsy long film format of movies. They, they pump out albums that are, oh, there's five songs on it, but they're like 40 minutes each. Like they're, they're that kind. And, And they're like, no, 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 no. You gotta listen start to finish. Like, and it's because that that's a big part of progressive uh, music is that they're saying it's kind of a, a thing where you they're telling a story. This has like you were trying to convey an, we're, you, you we want you to feel an emotion. It's a, a ride. It's a roller coaster. You can't just listen to one song. This isn't a hit single. This whole album is an experience start to back. You got to look at it this way. And there are people that don't have the patience for that. There are people that are like, well, I listened to that one song by King Crimson and it's stupid it was like eight minutes long and i just don't understand it and, and it's like well well that like like no like that's not what they're not they're not trying to make Can a song to a like podcast where you read comment youtube comments <laughs> in that voice i'd be so happy <laughs> i i i i i did a, a a test flight podcast on my own it was called uh the comment section and it was exactly that i was reading comments but in different voices and I was trying to see if it would be funny. Uh, I don't know. I got oh, my, my, my computer. Have you ever seen internet comment etiquette? Yeah. 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 He but he reads one. it in one voice. My, my idea was to like do, do voices. Um, but, but, but to, to draw a parallel between like, not everybody is going to be for progressive music the same way that not everybody's going to have the patient right. for like old school, uh, long format, traditional film or whatever. I think one of my biggest pet peeves is when people decide not to watch films because of which actors in it. Um, where it's like oh i don't like this actor specifically so i'm not gonna watch this film like i've had people say they don't want to watch eternal sunshine and a spotless mind because jim carrey's in it and i'm like you fucking kidding me like 
and they refuse to watch it. And I'm like, it's literally like at, at that point, save your breath. Well, that's what I mean, right? Like, and I, I that's what I do. I just stop trying at that point. But it's like I know, like Jim Carrey's like this this really comedic eccentric actor, and he's like eccentric, and guy. he's like rubber face, right? Like that's like what he's known for. But he he's a very talented actor, and it shows through in movies like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and like. On the podcast I was listening to, there uh, a lot of people were saying that they think Adam Sandler's actually trying to like go in that direction. Where, because he's had the few odd movies, I haven't seen Uncut Gems, but I heard that that's a more serious role for him. But uh, I have seen Punch Drunk Love, and I'm surprised that he didn't like lean into this sooner. Punch Drunk Love was pretty good. Holy fuck, that's a good yeah. movie. It, uh, being a dumb kid, I was expecting like, oh, the next <coughs> Happy Gilmore, and and for like for people our age. A ha- a happy Gilmore, an Adam Sandler movie is that. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, uh, but uh, again, like it, it's hard to say. Uh, it's almost like uh, Brian Cranston. You look at, uh, yeah. like we've known him as the goofy dad from Malcolm in the Middle, and then yeah. all of a sudden uh, comes along Breaking Bad, and he like it shows that yes, people have range; they can do other things. And you're, you also change as a person, and you change as a sure. professional. I think I just think it's very closed minded to be like, I don't like this actor, so I'm not going to watch anything that they're in because that's, I'm not going to like it. Like, it's like anything. Though. Yeah. Like, I, I have, I, I get so bummed out when uh, I talk to people and I say, you know, I don't know why, but people are like, oh, what movie should I watch? Why do they ask? They're not going to like my answer eight out of ten times because I'll say, oh, um, what about this movie? And then they watch it and then they tell me later after the fact, oh, I'm not really into horror movies. And I'm like, what? Do you not like horror movies? They're so good. Like, but that's like any category. Like I, I would hate to, to poo poo even music. It, 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 there's good country. I know a lot of people hate country, but like Johnny Cash is like. Yeah. I think having a lot of perspective when you're watching movies and not disregarding a movie, like it's kind of like not judging a book by its cover. Right. Or like what the general premise is like, there have been some really, really good movies that I've watched that are some of my best movie watching experiences that I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to like this. You know, like mm. I went to the Ottawa International Film Festival when I was living in Ottawa there and they have a few like, like how do they pronounce that? Because we have with it's like, but like I and I've been there a few times now, but this particular year they had like a lot of really good like feature presentations for like animated films. And there's one called I Lost My Body. And it's like, it's now like sort of critically acclaimed and it's like super unique and it's an animated film. It's on Netflix. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend watching it because it's fucking amazing. Our fine night cinema. With Brendan. And Alex. And, Spe- and guest Dale. <laughs>